Imagine a conversation that goes like this. So, what do you do? Well, I am a social media manager, and I also do research. Cool. Sounds pretty standard, right? Now, mm -hmm. take a second and imagine a conversation like this. So, what do you do? Well, I do yoga. It's one of my favorite things in the world. I also volunteer on refugee resettlement missions, and I do volunteer social media for um, different refugee organizations, and I also really, really like cooking. I meant, like, what do you do for work? Oh. Well, why is that so important? Sounds pretty different, right? <laughs> yeah. See, I have a hard time, or we have a hard time, like, wrapping our head around the fact that when the first question when you meet someone after your name is, what do you do? And it almost exclusively stands for, how do you make money? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that we tie making money to importance in life. Because obviously, yeah, you need to make money to live and society functions in that way. But why can't your volunteer experiences, your social life, you laying in bed and watching Netflix, whatever you do, why isn't that as just as important as rejuvenating as you know your work that brings in money? Yeah, and we kind of want to talk about, like, what defines success? Because for us, success does not mean money, which I'm sure you've gathered by now. It's now episode six. but And for some people it does, and that's okay. But what we want to do is reframe the idea of what success is and what it can be. Because it doesn't necessarily have to equate to money or have to equate to what your job position is. Maybe it can equate to what kind of a person that you are. How many countries you've been to, or not even something that's measurable, something that you have for self-worth, because mm -hmm. isn't what we're all trying to do is be happy? Isn't that, isn't that why we're making money? Isn't that why we're doing these things to be happy? Yeah. And if you think about it, it, it really doesn't make sense. I mean, some people are working and their income is coming from a place that is, you know, most of their life and they really do love their jobs and that, you know, we're not putting that down at all. But I will say, you know, I worked in a, a corporate setting and I didn't really have time to do other things, as much time as I would have wanted. And once I went off on my own, now I'm doing all kinds of projects and I'm working with all these different organizations and it's actually really cool to see their trajectories. And for me, what's more important to me are the things I do outside of work. I don't go every day. You know, when I'm having a conversation, especially around the holidays, someone says, so what do you do? Like, this is a very popular time of year for, to be meeting new people, and they're asking you all these questions. I'm not going to be like, well, I actually um, spend my days on Instagram um, engaging, uh, trying to build a following for these companies. No. What, you know, that's what the norm would be to say, you know, what do you do? What's the, what are the details of your job? But why is that interesting? I mean, it might be to some people, but what's more interesting are the things I do in my so-called free time. Yeah. And just just challenging you and challenging everyone and challenging ourselves to, like I said, redefine what it means to be successful and redefine what it means to define yourselves, to define ourselves, to define me, to define Lily. For me, like defining myself, is it's hard, but it's it's fun. So yes, I do social media management. But that's such a small part of who I am. And when I'm connecting with people and meeting people, I don't want that to be the only thing that they know about me. I want them to know that I travel and have been to 35 countries. I want them to know that I am passionate about, about music and about 
eating vegan food and about meeting new people and about reading philosophical books. That's interesting. And that, that's what, that's what defines me as much or more than things that I do to make an income. Mm -hmm. And also I think in life in general, it's interesting. Like if you can try to reframe your mindset and think about things like this has helped me is to think about, okay, 20% of my day goes towards X do I really like that? Is that fulfilling me? Because if so, if it's, for example, if it's not, if it's something that is bringing income and, and, you know, is keeping you sustaining your life, that's important too. Okay. 20% of my day, that's fine. 50% of my day is doing X and I really, or Y, and I really love this. I think that you have to balance it out and make sure that the percentages of what you're doing that you love are higher than the percentage of what you're doing that you're just doing to get by or that you don't necessarily have much interest in. Yeah. And this is something that I was thinking about just kind of right now as we're talking. So there's somebody that I went to college with and we just found out that she's potentially terminally ill. And this is heartbreaking news, obviously. And it just made me think even more so just kind of about the life, the, the lives that we lead and the paths that we lead. And of course, not everything is black and white and of course we need to make money and we need to sustain ourselves. And for those of us who have families, we need to sustain them and of course get our priorities and priorities straight and figure out what's most important. But it just, it really, it really got me thinking even more so about this, this whole thing. And are we doing what makes us happy? And it's really easy to say, it's not like that. It doesn't matter about that. I need to make money. And of course you do. You need to find a way to support yourself and whatever that may be. But we aren't guaranteed tomorrow and not to be depressing and not to be sad and not to put a damper on things, but to turn it around and be like, we aren't guaranteed tomorrow. So why not do our best to do what makes us happy today? I don't know. I just, I, I life is too short to not do the things that we want and to define ourselves. And we're, we're the, we're in charge of creating our own reality. We create our own reality every day and our actions and our thoughts, that, that's, that's what our life becomes. But then they're, they're on the flip side. There might be those people who say, well, I'm doing some things I love, but some of the things that I'm doing aren't making me happy, but I know they will in the future. Yeah. So what do you think about that? Yeah. And I think that's important also. It's recognizing and reflecting on the things that you think are worth it, that you think are making your life more meaningful. Are you going down a path that you're proud of, that you're happy to talk about mm-hmm. and express and share? And of course, not everything is going to be amazing all the time because that's life. Mm-hmm. That happens. Like if, if yeah. you go and you have this amazing trip to Thailand, then it's like, okay, well now I have to start saving money. So, cause I spent so much money in Thailand, but do you not go to Thailand? Cause you're afraid of spending money or you're afraid of something and it's, it's going back to this whole idea of fear and not letting it stop you from living the life that you want. Specifically with, you know, what we mentioned earlier with the, when someone asks you, what do you do? Um, it's so ingrained in our society that that answer is a job title. If you really think about that, when you're going through and you're creating a resume for, you know, a new position, you are always changing the title and changing the description to reflect things that you think were important that you learned in that job that might help in whatever it is you're applying for. So why is it that 
we have to answer with that kind of constricting title, you know? Um, I actually met someone recently who was a software engineer, and she told me that she creates websites that help people understand the world. This, this wasn't so recent, actually. It was about a year ago. But that's pretty interesting. I mean, that's a new way to say it, you know? But I think what's important is that you're getting, when you're speaking with someone, you're giving them an idea of who you are. And at first, it might come off really crazy. Like, I actually haven't myself ever said that to anyone. It's just kind of an idea. So Carly and I want to pose this challenge as the holidays are coming up. Restructure your answer to that question. Yeah. I mean, think about the kind of things you could say. Share them with us and, and uh, you know, try it out and let us know how it goes. Yeah. So what do you do? Do you do yoga? Do you cook? Mm -hmm. Do you hang out with your friends? And it might seem silly, like we were saying, and we need to also work on work on doing this. But let's change the perception of what we do because yeah. we're more than what our jobs define us as. And even, you know, like... Even if you, so it's really interesting when you meet someone, sometimes you won't learn more about them than, you know, you know, their name or they, oh, you live in Brooklyn, cool, and what they do for work to make money. And then, you know, you get to know them and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that you're like a geo catcher and you <laughs> like go to all these places to find these like hidden treasures. You know, it's just really eye opening. And I think you can learn a lot more about someone in some cases by finding out what they do that's really unique and weird and that they're passionate about that they do they would do even if in a lot of in a lot of cases they don't generate any income from this particular thing. And that's what kind of keeps humanity going. If everybody just like all of our all of our our quirks and things like that, that's what makes us interesting. And believe it or not, that's what gets you hired. A lot of clients that I've gotten is because I am knowledgeable about random things that <clears throat> that these companies are involved with. If I only did the normal path, I wouldn't have anything that would differ me from the crowd. Why Why are they going to hire me over somebody else? And it's funny, even in college, it, so I, I studied public relations, which is, you know, somewhat of a creative field, and they encouraged us to write in our resumes, oh, been to this many countries, speak this many languages, and mm -hmm. include random interesting facts about yourself, because if not... How many people have a three, five bachelor's of science of public relations? Yeah. How many people had a digital <clears throat> marketing internship? We all have those things. What's going to make you stand out? And even like, so if you've recently, if you've been on the market lately for a job or, you know, any kind of position, you might have seen these, you know, a lot of new startups and tech companies are really innovating the way they do their job applications rather than saying, send in a cover letter and a resume. You know, they'll obviously, they'll, they usually want to see a resume, but they might have questions like, uh, what was your most interesting childhood experience? What was your earliest memory? You know, things that can like kind of give you more of a chance to speak about who you are as a person because who you are as a person really does dictate your ability to do certain things. I can, you know, you can hire someone who knows Photoshop and knows uh, how to make all these cool graphics, but if their heart's not in it and they're working for an organization where they need to be able to produce content that is going to resonate with people who are really committed to that cause their knowledge of Photoshop isn't going to do anything. Yeah. So it's really interesting to be able to actually understand someone differently. And I think, you know, I'm not putting society down because I do feel like I've seen a lot of this lately, a lot of these applications that are asking these really interesting questions or even saying, let's get hop on the phone and, you know, posing questions that you might not normally expect for an interview. Not like, all right, what are your strengths and weaknesses? You know, because you can, anyone, we're almost, 
prepared to say our strengths are like we're almost you know by society condition, condition yeah. exactly yeah but what is that really telling you why why can't we show rather than tell and kind of like we were saying a few episodes back or maybe in all the episodes but think about the people that you love in your current workplace or the people that you would want to be with in your workplace are you going to want people who don't talk about their interests and don't do anything exciting mm-hmm. Like, no. No, that's like, boring. <laughs> you want to, you, you, your closest work friends are probably the people that you have been able to connect with on a deeper level and to open up with and, and share things outside of work. The people you want to work with, and it kind of goes back to, the, there were a lot of times where I'm like, oh, am I qualified? And of course, like having the skills is important and I'm not doubting that or discounting that, but people want to hire people they want to be around. So be yourself. People want interesting people. People mm-hmm. want to be around people who are positive and who love life. That's... Yeah. And once you try things out, it actually feels really great once you are kind of used to rejection. I know that... I forget his name, but um, we'll link this. There was a guy who did like an experiment that I believe was like 100 days of rejection. And he would just ask yeah. these crazy things. And some of the things people would actually do for him or he would actually have these these things, these questions and... Um, needs fulfilled but for the most part it was just no okay you're crazy like f you type thing but I've experienced that a lot you know losing clients applying for things and not getting them and then when you finally do get something it just seems to work out it really does because there's so much in the world there's so many opportunities in the world for you and you really just have to be proactive and it's not necessarily a bad thing if you are rejected from something and once you've been rejected a few times in life or in love you'll understand that you'll come back from this and it was probably a good thing totally and I actually have a quote that my friend sent me um, that I want to kind of end off with if I can find it yeah and before Carly reads that while she's looking for it I'll just say think back to the challenge that that we're, we're posing for you guys um, please use our page to comment and, and let us know how it goes if you do try it out. And we're going to try it out. When someone asks us what we do, we're going to say things that really fill us up with joy and happiness and the things in our lives that we find interesting and that we know that other people will find really interesting too, um, rather than, you know, the things that we feel like we have to say. Yeah. So this is a quote from Jack Kerouac, and it's, Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round heads, and the square holes. The ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. The only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward and while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. So, go change the world. 